Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of If You're Happy You Know with me, Miles Chapman, Ricky Graver, and Sam Andwood. Was that all right? Yeah, I, yeah. I was pleased. I was oh, pleased oh, at last. It oh. was good. Very um, good. We're at my house today, and the reason being because I've got a new puppy, haven't I? But in three weeks, little Charlie. Spoiled it. It was going really well up until then. Well, I'm just explaining why. <laughs> <laughs> now he's a lovely puppy. He's a cockapoo. He is a, a lovely, lovely little boy. And, and um, do you know what? I've, I've really, I haven't really been massively struggling the last three weeks. I've had a few days where I felt not great. Today's, okay. today's exactly a golden one. But right. soon as I pick him up and give him a cuddle, you were saying that about your Billy Bob. It just, it just feels great. Uh, it? Having just, a dog. Just, yeah, all it is, I feel so sorry for your little Charlie. Charlie's called isn't Charlie. He? Yeah. You know, being around you, being around that doom and gloom all the time. Aww. You know, because he was such a happy little pup when I first saw him. Now I look at him, you know, and his his eyes. He can barely walk. Up. He can barely walk. He's so sad. Oh, no. Well, I've, I've got him on the Satellapram already. Have you got it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I don't know if he's making a difference or not, but yeah, uh, yeah he seems happy enough. No, he does. He's a beautiful little dog. He's a lovely boy. Just and, put a little um, picture of him out. So yeah, I will. We'll take a picture of him and pop him on the uh, put him on the uh, on, on the Instagram or whatever. Lovely. Okay. Right. Right. So, so, so what? What? So um, yeah, it's about, when was the last one we did? It's been about a month, hasn't oh, it? It's been, you know what we keep doing? We keep saying, "Look, we're going to do it more regularly. We keep going to do this and do that." And we keep getting webbed up with work and other stuff that's going on. And it didn't work out for us last time we were supposed to get together. So big apologies for people who have been waiting for this next podcast. What we are going to do, and we're going to try and stick to this one, is we're going to commit to get at least one podcast out a week. And we're going to do it on the first of every month. So you mean a month? You mean a month? What did I say? A week. A week. Did I say a week? Yeah. So we're going to record it once <laughs> a month and get it out <laughs> once a week. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, did I out. say week? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so rubbish. And oh, can we, it's, not, it's not even me doing it. Sam's doing all the graft. I'm giving it the bigger edge. Put it out once a week. It'd be beautiful. We'll, do it. we'll have a couple of songs in there. Um, anyway, we're going to put it out on the first of every month. We're definitely going to get one out. And if we don't, blame Miles. Thanks. <laughs> uh, and what we said was we'll do that unless something comes up, uh, whether we have to, there's something in the press that comes up or some really pressing thing we feel we should do a special in between, we will do that. Well, but, yeah, uh, or if we've just got time. We've got to, yeah, absolutely got time. Yeah. So, we, you know, we, um, we're we hoping to secure uh, Monty Don next month. We're going to have a chat with him, aren't we? Because I know. Yeah. Uh, well, you say secure, it's more of a kidnap, really, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah, we're going to ban him in the back of a full transit and drive him to some woods. Yeah. Hostage. We, we, know, where Hostage. Hostage. we know where he goes and has a bit of breakfast and I'm yeah. Yeah. What bone mill do you use? What type? <laughs> Tell me. Um, so, uh, what do we want to talk about today, Japs? I'll tell you what I think we should talk about. It's been in the news a lot, and I think it's going to be in the news for a little while. Is right, Harry, it's not food Harry and Meghan. Harry and Meghan. Ah, oh. very Harry. good call. Harry yeah, and Meghan. It's a very good call. Well, it's a bit of an obvious call, but it is a call. <laughs> um, it's just the sadness. When I watched them interviews, I thought, oh, I can't. Can't really be bothered to watch this. It's all, you know, it's all for the cameras and it's all thing. But I really felt for Harry, and yeah. I really did. And I feel, I feel like when he said, every time you know a camera clicks and every time a flash goes, it takes me back to my mum. And you got to say to go through a trauma like that as a kid, and have to walk behind your mum's coffin at that age, yeah. And being in the public eye, you sort of felt like they wasn't allowed to show emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what he's doing now, listen, I, I know he may have this fantastic lifestyle or whatever, but he's really, 
with all them thing, all them material things coming in, it don't really mean nothing. If but, you has it, but has he got a fantastic last That's what I'm I, saying. I, living I, in a goldfish bowl ain't really yeah. the ideal situation. You've got everything on mm. tap, but everything you kind of want. I mean, you, you think about it as a human, he can't just nip down the pub or go down Sainsbury's and pick himself something up. No. Or, go for a walk anywhere he wants because constantly there'd be people in his face. It's just, it's not a normal life, is it? No, and it just shows you uh, this, you know, I'm going to call it disease, and I know that makes some people feel sick when you, you keep using words like disease, but it just shows you it doesn't discriminate. No, Whoever no, you are, you know, even even royalty again. It, And it's, I'll tell you another thing that's driving me, I say driving me mad, but it's aggravating me a little bit. All of a sudden... Miles. Yeah. Oh, that goes without saying. <laughs> I'm not even listening. I'm about to attack him any minute. I might eat him <laughs> over the head with his own dog. <laughs> I'll tell you what, what is... It's, it's sort of getting under my skin a little bit, but I don't know whether it should be because I can't claim it, but it seems all of a sudden everyone's got depression. <laughs> It's like, it's become the fashion. I had it before it was cool. I, yeah. I know. It's sort of yeah. like, you it's know. It's a trend now, isn't it? Yeah. It's sort of a trend and you sort of think, you know what? You know, you cannot, a lot of times you, you sort of can tell if someone's got it because you all have a, a link with them and you don't know why you got a link with this person and you don't know why you get on and, and that link is you both suffer from depression and stuff. But I think what's happened now is people have got fed up here and there. Being fed up and being clinically depressed is very, very, oh, very, very different. different. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, and then and, and, and it seems like it's, you know, good luck. I'm really pleased. Of course, anyone is really pleased that people are talking about it. But I don't know whether people are just getting on the bandwagon because it's like, quite fashionable to suffer from depression. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a bandwagon thing. I just think people now feel they're in a safe arena and safe space to be able to say, yeah, I suffer. Maybe um, it gets it's gonna to get to the point where everyone realizes that everyone has always been depressed. And in fact that's just a human condition. <laughs> is it a human condition? It is because you think about we know more about space than we do about the human brain. The the the, the, the fact that the human brain would work normally all the time is an impossibility. It you know it's gonna mm. go wrong and that's why people struggle and suffer. And you made a really good point about um, Diana's funerals. That was 1997, I think, wasn't it? Right. So 22 years ago. You think about how the, the landscape was then for mental health, and that's why they probably said, no, don't cry in public, don't do this, don't do that. It's ridiculous, isn't oh, it? And, and for uh, little kids to grow up like oh, no. that. to be forced mm. to have to stiff up a lip and, you know, to get on with it. Well, like, how old were they? 12 and 13 or something? You know. And kids. I'm far, far from being a royalist. In fact, I've always said... I can't make none of it out because as far as I know, the royal family years ago, their ancestors just nicked everyone's land, raped and pillaged, put a crown on and said, we're royalty. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. It's, it's not on merit. It's not like, you know, the ancestors of uh, Mother Teresa or something like that who's gone out and helped people. It's just, it's just people who took everything and, called, and, and spoke posh. <laughs> yeah. So I've never been one to advocate, you know, royalty and all that, but I've got a real... I've, I've, I really like Harry. Yeah. I really yeah, like, I like what Harry. he stands for. Yeah, I do. And, and I like what he's saying. And I and I sort of quite like Meghan. And I know a lot of people have got a real 
thing about her. They think she's false and, you know, she's just there because he's a prince and all the rest Poor of it. Poor girl, honestly. But who's... You've got to give it the benefit of the doubt. No, and you? also, you know... You've got to. No one would Who? marry a ginger unless they really like. That's very and true. And she's stunningly beautiful. She's gorgeous. No. Yeah, she's... At, I mean, why... And whose business... Why do people feel they need to make that their business? There was a... Just a little sidestep here. There was an article, mm. I think it was in the start, despicable, saying that East End ex EastEnders star Kate Jarvis spotted in a new job as a B&M security guard. Uh, and I thought, you fucking evil bastards. Right. She's working because she needs to support her the family. family yeah. And you think that's yeah. a chance to show someone up and slag them off. It's absolutely disgraceful. That is really it disgusting. It is disgusting. Yeah, people uh, make him... Now, the problem yeah. is, the problem is, you say about everywhere you go, there's people snapping, taking pictures, you yeah. know, and all that. The sad thing is, the reason they do it is because in the general public, there's an appetite for it. Yeah. And there's an appetite for it. If there's an appetite for it, people will make money. And that's what it's down to. How do you reduce that appetite? I don't know. I don't know. You, it, I, I think it's probably, it's slowly, slowly, slowly where you, it's a bit like, this is a really sh one of my shit analogies, but <laughs> it's a bit like, I suppose, you know, like 30 years ago, hitting a child, your own child was like, well, that's my child. Do what I want. As, as time has gone on, the more we say, don't do it, it's out of order. Don't do it, it's out of order. More people go, no, actually, you're right. That is totally out of order. Yeah. And people don't agree with hitting their children. And I think it's the same thing. If we start saying magazines like Heat and yeah. uh, Now, whatever they're called, this is wrong. This is an invasion of people's prison. The more and more and more it's seen as a really antisocial and disgusting thing to do, mm. the more and more the public will go, no, yeah, you're right, that's bad. Like, like smoking in pubs or doing certain things that's seen as now as abhorrent. And I think... We just need, I think that's what needs to happen. I just think need, someone needs to wade What's in and say. mean? Abhorrent? Abhorrent means disgusting or despicable or okay. horrible or whatever. Right. One of your words, you know. Stop talking silly. Right? <laughs> Talk so people can but understand do, do, it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like. Yeah. Your audience might understand what you're saying, but my audience listening is ain't got a clue. They'll go straight to the bar when you come out with it. <laughs> <laughs> It kicked the radio right across the floor. <laughs> He'll go outside for a fag. Uh, yeah, so, you know, it's that social conditioning, isn't it? Where, you know, if 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 socially we're told that actually this is an invasion of people's privacy, this is causing mental health issues for And people. he looks wrong. He looks so... Did it's I horrible. Did I tell you about... It was about... How long was it? It must have been 10, 10 12 years ago, something like that. I was at Stratford. I went to see my mum. Stratford East, obviously. And, uh, How's your week been, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> and I was walking across the road. I was walking across the road. Big fat guys with a, you know, a couple of kids walking walking the other way. And he smacked this girl round the back of the head. How old were you when she so, was? So uh, she would have, I don't know, 10-ish. Oh, well, a kid, of, yeah, yeah. A kid. Re I mean, really are. And like years ago, that was standard. When I was a kid, that was standard. You just Getting, ignored they it, it, yeah. Clip around the ear roll, but it was like, it was horrible to watch. Mm. And I, I couldn't stop myself. I know it sounds really horrible, but I couldn't. I whacked the geezer <laughs> straight round the back of his head, really hard. I mean, really <laughs> hard. But I'd done it so hard. I'd done it so hard. He was like staggering like a baby deer, right? <laughs> Across the road, and I think the kids didn't know what to do because it come from nowhere. I just couldn't help it. It was just a, a knee jerk reaction. Sure As I saw it, he went bang. It was like bang, bang, 
And he think, and I just and I just carried on walking. I just thought I just carry on walking. He just done me up. I didn't like to see it. Mm. And I know that's not the right thing. Perhaps I well, should have reported it to the police. I <laughs> but I just wanted him to feel what it felt like. You know, yeah. From a thing, and he's so that is that is so so wrong because you know I grew up with a bit of violence and all of that, and it does. It has a big big. Effect on Effect you. I think, on I think you you're right. And you know, I, and that's so, I think it's so it's, good we don't eat. No, no, no. And I agree. It's it's the thought. I've never laid a finger on my kids. I've never hit them. It never even crossed my mind. You know, I've, I've well, I thought I've, it's crossed my mind. It's not what they told me. <laughs> I said you're an animal when the doors are closed. Yes, your three o'clock visits. Yeah. This is all going to be cut. <laughs> this is all in. Uh, all no, but I, I, I've yeah. never, ever, ever, you know, it's. No, just the thought of hitting my kids is, you know, I've got incredibly angry with them and frustrated with them, but I've never thought to turn to hitting them. No way. Yeah, I um, remember smacking my daughter's leg when she was really young and she cried and it made me feel ill, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, and, I, and, and I'll tell you what, there's still a bit of guilt now and I can't remember. Is the hand mark still there? Like, so, uh, no, <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't. It was like a, a tap on the leg thing. It wasn't, it wasn't, a, oh, but it, it it felt too. It felt too hard. It felt wrong, and it, and mm. it was one of them things. So you sort of know you're not supposed to do that. Well, you know, I mean, you, you're a grown adult hitting a child. I mean, what? Yeah. What? My, my, my mum used to use weapons on me, <laughs> and that's the gospel truth. She had a big plunger and smashed me to pieces with it. <laughs> she come told up. She took come told up, right? But if you pulled my mum on it now, mm. she would say, "Well, yeah, well, nothing hurt you, did it?" I couldn't use my hands. She said because he didn't think, but she she'd do me with a big plunger. What, what about you, Sam? Because you're you're, you're kind of a well, say your child. You're kind of like a generation, when a, a three quarters generation away from me. Um, so, did you did your mum and dad ever clout you? I don't um, I don't think so. Not unless no. I was being a proper prick. Yeah, but you did get a, like if you really got, stronged it, you got a clump. Yeah, it wasn't, but it wasn't like a, it was more like what you did, what you were saying yeah. you did to Lauren, like it's just yeah. a sort of smack on the leg or something. Yeah, just a, like just frying pan over there. Yeah, Cast yeah, yeah, off yeah, frying yeah. Pan. Yeah, because um, when you think about it, you could be my son. How old are you now? Uh, 29. You could easily be my son. In yeah, fact, thinking yeah, about it, you do yeah. look like me a little bit. If you put a bit of suet on, you'd be a rigger. Yeah. <laughs> I need to start boxing again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm I'm glad that that's you know that's seen as a publicly, you know, uh, disgusting thing. You know, people mm. hitting children. I, if I see someone hitting a child in public, like you say, you feel like you'd have to say something, wouldn't you? Or mm. so we're talking about the link here between you know getting a clump as a kid and how that affects you mentally as you get older. And yeah, and it does. And, it does, and I, and I, I think I the old does. tap, like I said, but if you, I mean, you had a terrible childhood. You were Thanks. beaten black and blue, weren't you? <laughs> He loves it, doesn't he? Oh, you see brilliant. the smile come across his face. It's great. You had a terrible childhood, didn't you? Yeah. Well, tell us. What Just happened? joyless, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah. I've, it, one step further, you know, I can't believe in my, So when, I was looking this up the other day because I'm writing doing a project and I had to look this up. What year do you think corporal punishment, either the use of cane or hitting or the slipper or board rubbers, whatever you want to call it, at schools was made illegal? I am going to guess late and say like, Late 80s, early 90s. Okay. I would have said um, late 70s. Now, 87. Yeah. I was really surprised. Now, looking back, Mm -hmm. no, because throughout my school years, which was 79 to 85, I remember it being rife. Mm. But 87 doesn't seem that long ago. No, it doesn't. And it seems that it was okay for someone 
that had no connection with you apart from being your teacher to hit you well, as a child. I, 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 it's like, what? It's unbelievable, isn't it? That, that when, was okay. It was When I was at school, so um, I was born in 61. When I was at my primary school mm -hmm. and I was around sort of 9, 10, I can remember one teacher in, in particular being really racist. Imagine that. Whoa. Being really racist. And my, my, my mate, who was, there was two brothers, um, who was black. I remember him constantly having, the teacher constantly having digs at him and having, having pops at him and think, And you think, that is great. That is insane. Yeah. Like, it's just Absolutely a, disgusting. Oh, oh it's it? disgusting. Yeah. You, you, you can't, how, how you can't. And, and so that's what I'm saying. Early about, 70s, yeah. Things, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so how things go. And I remember being, me and him got sent for the cake. Me, uh, me and my mate, Alan Fontaine, we got sent for the cake. Alan, that's a good name. Yeah. Alan Fontaine. Yeah, Alan, All your mates got good Alan names. Alan and Brian Fontaine. That was, uh, that, that, yeah, just two of my mates. Anyway, so I remember us getting sent for the cane and being asked to hold our hand out for, to give you six of the best. And mm -hmm. I always remember seeing people who had six of the best would always coming back crying and holding their hand. Yeah, because it's bloody painful, yeah. And he was, I remember his, his name was Mr. Whitehouse. He used to put the cane, lean it on the, on the ceiling and then whoosh, whoosh, and really, you know, really... And I, and I watched him do it to me, mate, and I thought, I ain't having none of that. <laughs> and when he went to me, because there was so much violence in my house, I, I, I was sort of ready to stand up to it. And I just said, I ain't holding me hand out. And he went, what do you mean? This is Mr. Whitehouse. He went, he'd never heard that before. I said, you hold your hand out. I said, I ain't holding my hand out. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I said, well, hold me hand out and you hit me with a stick. I would have been 10 or something. Yeah. I said, I, I'm not, no, mate. I said, I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, mate. I said, I'm, I said, no, mate. Well, I can't read them right. I no. can say what I like. And uh, he, he just was, and he didn't know what to do. Of course, I think yeah. he sort of pulled me about a little bit and I sort of pushed him off and I sort of walked out and I didn't know. But it's so wrong, you know. It's I mean, horrendous. It really, it? really, yeah. It's, and it's, can you imagine now, can lot. you imagine now as a parent, mm. your kid's coming home with, marks all over welts. their hand or welts all yeah. over their backside and then what happened someone that you don't know mm. who's a teacher or you know them as a teacher yeah. thought a it was okay to smack the life out of my hand and leave black I'd go and absolutely that, berserk and know. how about this how about my mates who was racially abused so how, how, how has that affected them because yeah. I don't know I, you know next so time people I that you, the, the worst of it is the mm. worst of it is for me I mean, it is obviously the, the actual, you know, the racial abuse and the physical abuse. But to me, the most insidious, disgusting thing is someone that you should trust and look up to yeah. has yeah. done that to you. And yeah. that is the most damaging thing. You can take away all the racism. You can take away all the physical violence. It's like when a parent, so the, you know, they should love you unconditionally. That should be your safe mm. space. If that is abused in any way, that is so unbelievably damaging. And it's the same with teachers as well. You, teachers should be respected. You should, not, not respected, but you should respect a teacher if they do, if they do right by you. You should look and say, yeah, they're brilliant. You know, they're really helping me. They're nurturing me. Oh. And to abuse that position of power and respect is absolutely unforgivable in my book. I really do think that. Mm. So I think, you know, obviously we've cut with 
we've come on a bit f- from them days, yeah. and that seems like medieval talking about the stuff. Oh, I just oh it, that, well, you can't believe thirty and, years ago, 30, it was still happening. You it, know, it, which is which is sort of crazy. But and obviously that would have had a big effect on all of them people. Yeah, it affected me up. terribly. And yeah. then what happens is often that carries on. You know, because yeah. they've been they've cyclical. Been, yeah, he just he just, he just sort of moves. Well, you on. say it's not abusers; it's just it's just it's just a succession of victims, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. A victim oh. then becomes an abuser who, because he's a victim, and that victim becomes a because he was. A, do you know what I mean? And so I think the buck has to stop somewhere, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh the, no, no, I agree. Do, does, do you reckon the? Um, he's got a big bogey hanging out at the end. Of, no, he's got oh, a lovely file. <laughs> Well, you can sit there with a big bow hanging out at the end of your nose. I'll blow your nose. Can you go and blow your nose? That's, that's made me feel sick. Sitting there smiling face. at me. He's smiling at me. A great big bow hanging off the end of his nose. He's vile. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? He knows <laughs> stuff that like that makes me feel sick. I'll put it on a bit of bread for you. Oh, don't. Don't. I'll start gagging. <laughs> don't. i start gagging. Sorry. <laughs> He's completely messed your thing up with a bogey. No, Sam. Oh, it's Sam's thing all of a sudden. Sam, Sam, like he, he don't come in too much. When he does, he's good. So let's listen to it. Go I can't on. remember what I was going to say now. What were we talking about? No, I don't know. Well, I, I think that the, nonsense. It was about. Uh, I don't even know what the segue was. Oh, we were talking about don't. hitting people and physical abuse and and how it carries oh, on. Go yeah, on. mate. So, do you reckon that you know people of your generation? It, having having experience in that at school has led to more of the um, the idea that you know pull your socks up, get on with it. Do you reckon that that perpetuate that has perpetuated that ideology? Because most people I know who weren't in that generation are less likely to be oh, just pull your socks up and get on with it. It's more. Do you know what I think? I think it. I think it. It done more damage than good because it wasn't, everyone wasn't, that little school I'm talking about was called Napier Road School in, in, and, it, and then it got changed to Randler. It was in Plasto, around the back of Plasto. And there was people from around there who had absolutely nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean like, you know, go and borrow two bobs, put in the meter so oh. they got a bit of electric or something. Like so, me at uni. To, to to absolutely nothing to to ones who who was doing all right you know yeah. at their own little shop or doing this and things so it really varied how you was yeah. and then there'd always be years ago you'd have like it's so un PC now but there'd be like a couple of stinky families you know like there'd be a couple of families like who you know twelve kids or fourteen kids and they, and they all got and and me downs and days a bit smelly and all you know. Everyone, every school had a flea bag, and, you know, and, and awful. And all that, and when you think of all that sort of bullying that went with that, and all the all the stuff that went around that, and they often grew up to be, I will say this, they often grew up to be the nicest people yeah. and the best people. And I don't know whether that it's because they appreciated life so much, thing, but I know a lot of people who sort of was a bit like that and went through that, and and now it's changed their their life. I've got some cousins, I won't go into Savina, but they was talking the other day and, and one of them, my cousins, uh, was saying about she used to wear her mum's Astratan coat. It's like a sort of some sort of moody fur coat and her mum's eye heels and she was a bit boss-sided and she used to go to school and take loads of abuse, you know, and, and she's grown up and she's 
she's really got a lot of juice out of life, like been yeah, places, yeah. done things, done really well for herself and all the rest of it. So sometimes the very thing that you can, the very thing that you can would thought would really do you up can Lift make you. that what you yeah, said, pull yeah. yourself together, yeah. pull your socks up. But there's also, that's one out of 10 kids eight of them might be really messed up. Yeah, I mean, I think some people can that. have a lesson from it and say, oh, right, well, I'm, you know, like if I was abused as a kid, because I know how awful it feels, Yeah, there's no way I'm going to let my children feel like that. So yeah. you kind of go the opposite way. Yeah, But then if the, the abuse, like you say, it can, it, can, it can make you stronger, but also in some cases it can make people, it can crush people. And, you know, like you say, it just ruins their lives. They just, no, no self-esteem, no... Um, yeah. you know self-hatred self-loathing all that sort of thing comes from years yeah. of abuse and bullying doesn't it yeah it does god can we talk it's about something lighting it up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> really really lots of fun this what it? he does though he does this the the so, the sad talk about the abuse and the beatings and all and then he looks right in my eyes <laughs> for a reaction that's I'll what it smile right that's what does me <laughs> I'll he tell you what he don't look your way does he he sort of he, he, he goes right into it must be terrible the abuse and beatings and then he looks at me and just smiles and <laughs> say what was he like there was he well I'll tell you we all want to laugh go on tell everyone what's the worst you've ever felt with your depression it's always there Oh, I, I, do you know what? It's, it has been on me a day here and there recently where I have thought, I don't know. Really? Yeah. You, has, I asked you on the phone, you went, oh. But it's not saying, you You know, I've got, I've got, I've got uh, my wife and my daughter, some, I remember talking to you one day on the phone and I was really bad and I'm sort of saying, yeah, no, I was all right and all that. But I'll be truthful. I've had a couple of days where I've sort of weighed, weighed it up and thought, you know what, this, is, this battle is so hard. It's so hard. And, and, but I'll tell you what I have been doing. I've been doing intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. Tell, us, tell us about that. Well, it's just, it's just where you, you can eat in an eight-hour eight window. You can either have two meals or one meal. And some days where I haven't ate so much, you, you, what you do is, because I use food, like a lot of people do, to sedate your feelings or whatever whatever drug of choice you use to sedate your feelings, you start to feel the feelings. Mm. So things become raw. Mm. And that's what, that's what you really realise is that when you're, when, when I'm not eating, because there's a lot of time, if I've finished eating sort of by four or five and I've got to go right that way oh, around. You again, know you can't eat anything else. Yeah. hours or yeah. something. You can't. But what happens is really weirdly is them feelings start to come up and then you realise why, why you're fat. It's because you're using food to sedate, mm. to hold things down. You're trying to fill your, that emotional hole yeah, with food. Yeah. Like I've said many times on here, but I suppose that would have had a lot to do with it. And I'm waiting for it. I'm not. I'm not feeling fantastic in a moment. But I'm. I sort of know, like we all do. You know, it will pass. Mm. You know, they're saying it too will pass. And I'm. I'm waiting for that. For it to pass, mm. you know. But it is. It's no. It's no easy way to explain this. No, there isn't. Is there? There, there no, isn't. No easy way to explain this. Sir. And and, and the, the interesting thing is, when when I feel well and like prop, you know, you, I, I've I've had a few days where you think, oh, it's completely gone. I feel yeah. really, you know, like yeah. happy and light and yeah. And um 
And then when I'm like that, I feel like I've solved it all and I can tell everyone how it's done. Yeah. And it's all good. I'm, I'm all past it. And I really believe that's it. Yeah. And then you, 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 it touches you again. And then you have a few days later, you're just on, on the floor. And, it, and, it, and it's so disheartening, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you just think, I haven't done, I literally don't know what I've done to cause yeah. this. I've, I've got at the moment, I, you know, when I had my breakdown a couple of years ago, I, I really know what caused that. Yeah. I absolutely know what the, what the build up was and what the tipping point was and why I, I just crashed. But when I get these odd days, you know, things in my life at the moment are pretty good. So I don't really yeah. know why it happens. It just, so you know. There's a podcast I'm listening to at the minute called The Happiness Lab. Yeah. And it's by a doctor from uh, Yale University. Um, I'll find a name in a minute. Um, and it's it dives into the psychology of um, depression and anxiety and, and, and all the other mental health problems. Um, and one of the things I found really interesting was that people try to solve things with what they think is going to help, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. So they basically go, right, I, you know, I'm going to try this because it's, it's worked for someone else. I think it will help. And then when it doesn't, it makes them feel worse because yeah, they feel like they've failed. Yeah. But there's also um, quite an interesting thing as well where you were just saying that you – you know, you felt good and then all of a sudden it comes back to it. Your brain levels out. Your brain, mm. you will never, ever stay happy. No. And you will never, ever stay sad. You will always, more often than not, be somewhere in the middle. So you could go out, you know, say you have a birthday party and you go out with all your friends and you have an amazing evening. Two or three hours later, you could just be back at level yeah. terms. Yeah. And sometimes people feel like the level playing field is mm. actually, they should be happier so they feel... Their expectations no, of life and it's how a they're very, feeling is... very, It's a very good point because to feel sad or to feel, you know, that sort of thing is, is being human. You can't always be happy. Happy is an emotion like sad is an emotion. It's yeah. not a default setting, is it? No, ex exactly. You, content and, probably and it's is. Also, it's not, not like it's not, a, it's not a destination. The whole life is a journey, not a destination. Dancing in the rain. We've got rain. champagne yeah. up as no yesterday. Yeah, but, <laughs> but happiness genuinely isn't, a, it's not a destination because you can't stay there. No. You can't. Um, it's very true. What does she say? You can't you can't find this place and build a house and live in it because yeah. it doesn't yeah. exist. It doesn't you can't exist. do that. You I have to. It's, it's like the fan, the little house on the prairie family. Yeah, you know, you always yeah. wanted yeah. to find them. They don't exist. You normally yeah. find the ones who look really got it together on the outside. They're the most dysfunctional. I remember you saying about looking through that kid's letterbox yeah. and all sitting down having a meal together. You think, oh, I wish my family did that, yeah, and then you found out the most dysfunctional family of the lot. Oh, yeah, there was, yeah, there was the murderers in there and everything, but. <laughs> What I was going to say is, how many times have we, say, you know, we've got, got to go out tomorrow night or something like that, lift our mood mm. to get us through that couple of hours. It's almost like we sort of put the depression on the back burner for a little while, mm. go out there, be Mr. Have a nice guy, Mr. Funny, shaking hand, like smiling, all that. Inside you're dying, but what I'm saying is you put that thing up and sometimes your mood lives a little bit and then you go back to where you was and think, oh, thank God, I'll just be left with this again. Let me just let me just get back to where I was. Yeah. I think sometimes we lift our mood. Here's something I want to ask you. Go on. So when you go to uh, AA or mm -hmm. OA or... CA, wherever you go, you'd say, say it was AA, you'd introduce, say, my name's Ricky, I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And everyone go, hi, Ricky. And you may be, or you may go, hi, my name's Ricky, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. Some people 
say, hi, my name's Ricky. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Right. And some of the people in the room get really angry. He's recovered. What's he mean? He's, you can't recover from this. You've got to, you, you live with it. Yeah. You think recovering, people suffer that. And, when, and the most common and the most accepted is I'm an alcoholic, meaning it can be on me at any time. For today, I'm okay. Maybe even for right now, I'm okay. When I leave this minute in five, leave this meeting in five minutes, I may not be okay. And you're <laughs> yeah. talking about people like 16, 30 years sober. Yeah. And they still introduce themselves as an alcoholic. If this was depression anonymous. Yeah. And I said, hi, my name's Ricky. Um, I'm a recovering depressive or I'm a recovered depressive or I'm a depressive. Yeah. What would you, what would sit most comfortable with you as if you was, if you was introducing yourself, do you think this can be solved or do you think we live with this condition for the rest of I, our life? I, 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 God, Dennis, you want to, I kind of, no, you should him first. Uh, so I, I think saying I'm a recovered depressive gives you so much hope. Right. Gives people hope because then okay. I say, God, you know, thank God this this could yeah. be over. A recovering gives that sort of, you know, well, there's a journey I can take. There's there's, there's help I can get. Mm. A depressive sounds, well, quite depressing, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like you know, there's yeah. no there's no way out. I I personally think, I personally think, we can be. I think to a point you can be a recovered one. But I think it's halfway between recovering and oh, I'm making no sense here. But I think it's hard, sorry, isn't it? It's it hard. is hard it's not, because you're always going to get days where you don't feel great, and you could you could call that a day where you don't feel great, or you could call that a day where I am depressed. Well, then you're not yeah. recovered. Yeah, but depends what you, how you want to label it, doesn't it? We, like, do you, well, I you're not recovered. If you suffer from it at certain points, you're not recovered. The people who say recovered, alcoholics. The ones I've seen have got the happy clappy face, and that's what's <laughs> yeah. aggravating. You yeah. think you're making out. You ain't going to last long. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to get so, – so what I'm saying is, do you believe we can get rid of this depression or we've got it forever? Sam? No. I think we've got it forever. And I think if anyone came in and said, I'm Sam and I'm a depressive, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you are. If they said I'm recovered or recovering, I'd say you're a liar. Okay. Okay. Well, have we not have, have we not recovered a little bit though from our I darkest think, days? Yes. I think I, I I mean to be honest, you can you can call yourself whatever you want. I wouldn't yeah. I would never get annoyed or angry about no. it. But I think to say that you're recovered is possibly slightly naive. Mm -hmm. Um is is maybe Because you, you're right, you don't know what's gonna happen in the future. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's very true. And who says so the nearest we're gonna get to to this is when you get one of these, um, don't mess about with that. <laughs> is when you get one of these, on when you get one of these motivational speakers who come out and go, "Hey, you know, I used to be really Tony, depressed Tony all the time." Yeah, Andy Robbins, I love Andy it. Robinson. Yeah. So when you get one of these people come out and say, "I used to be depressed all the time. Now I feel fantastic. You know, I'm a." NLP master or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever their little bag is, what they think's recovered was made, was help them make, helps them think they're recovered or they are recovered, whatever. And you look at that person and you go, do I, do I want what they've got? Do I want that? 
And sometimes you look at him and you think, you know what? It's all a load of nonsense. I bet behind closed eyes. A bit eyes, annoying. It, it create, a bit annoying <laughs> that they cry their eyes out. And would I want to be happy, clappy all the time? Because I'm sort of used to what I do and what I think. But yeah. I, I will say this. And I and, and I think us three can, I think, I think we're all in, in on this. Partly the reason we do what we're doing now is for selfish reasons. Because by giving it away... We're helping ourselves yeah. by sort of hopefully, hopefully helping others. And no, they're not on their own. We're helping us, and I think that's what happens a lot. Is that you know, if if this is if this is talked about this subject, and this is flushed out like a lot of people are. And, but obviously, I'm talking about the genuine ones, not the ones all jumping on the bandwagon, <laughs> all, all, the, all the moody depressives. The Hoxton depressives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all, all the moody ones. Mind you, in Hoxton, there's quite a few depressives. I'm, I'm vouched for that. Um, so it is a very it is a very difficult thing. And, I, and I've, my take on it is that I think there'll be, there'll be periods of recovery. But for me, I think... I know it's always looking over my shoulder. Yeah. And I know it's always looking for a way in. And one of the biggest one of the biggest warning signs for me is when I feel fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. But actually yeah. when you feel fantastic it kind of hits you harder, doesn't it? Because mm. it's a shock when it comes back. You kind of like you put yourself in a place you think maybe this is it. Maybe I feel great and then and then it all your hopes are dashed when it all creeps. Oh, yeah. But here here's the thing, okay? So listen to what you you've been saying. Here's the thing. I think you're right. I think you'll never get rid of it, but I think here's the thing. You can have terrible depression, but I think with the right help and the right meds you can make it a lot better. Mm. And I think you can live a really good life with depression. I think it's And I think you learn what your trigger points are. Yeah. You learn how to manage your life, you learn how to live you know, get the right sleep, the right nutrition. And that's you talking because some people are anti-meds, remember? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm just saying that there yeah, is help. For you, for there you. Is, but there's, there's help out there. There's, there's yeah, things uh, work for CBT, it. yeah. And like folks. the 12-step program, one of the big things is everybody's journey is individual. So yeah. you only speak for yourself. You never speak mm -hmm. for the group. And I think that's something that we have to really remember in here. Do you know what my therapist said? What? Who I really wrote, Martin Weaver. Pathetic. Yeah, he said, he said, you make me feel sick. Look at the state of it. <laughs> pull, yourself was, to, pull yourself together. I was paying £600 an hour for that. <laughs> That's what he told me. Hit me with cane around the back of the head. <laughs> uh, um, no, what he said to me, he went to me, I said about, you know, this, I was talking about, and he went, but who said you can't get better? I said, but you can't. You've got to live with it. He went, I don't think so. I said, what do you mean? I, I said, are you saying I can get better? <laughs> and he went, yeah, I went, Ah, he went, we'll just keep working it. And he said the whole idea of it, he said, I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't think you could get better. That's a very he, good point. He said, so, but I still have to say, everyone's journey is individual. I'd love it if it was all lifted and feel fantastic, you know. And But I, I'm like you, Sam, and, and, and like you, Miles, I think as well, is that I always think it's going to be looming somewhere within me or just outside mm. me waiting to come in. And I think by believing that, it is that. Yeah. It's that, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think you can, to a degree, with the right help, 
live with it and live an okay life with it. I think sometimes live it's a hit, great life with it. A great not, life. Not an okay, you know, yeah, a great life. Plenty, you're right. Plenty of depressives right. who, who have had a fantastic life. Yeah. But obviously there's been periods of... Well, you feel... You oh, was going to say something. Sorry, say, Sam. I was just going to yeah. say, I think it, all, it leads back to that expectation thing. You expect to feel... You expect to feel good and then stay in that place. And if you kind of... If you basically just say to yourself, well, that's not... You know, you just got to be real, realistic and say that that's mm. not what happens. That's not how the mind works. That's... You, I can never get to this happy place and stay there. It kind of makes it easier when you start to feel shit because you go, well, well that's I'm, normal. Just, I'm going back to normal. Yeah. This is, I think you're absolutely right, Sam. I think you're right. It's it's like the weather, isn't it? You get days where it's beautiful sunshine, days where it's absolutely howling down, and days where it's just a bit grey and a bit clear and a bit normal. You know, yeah. and you just, it just changes. Who was he talking about the weather for? <laughs> what? Someone said a beautiful thing. Someone said, and I, I still hold it. It was I Michael Fish, was it? It was go Michael Fish yeah, saying that you, I, I think it's a lovely thing. I'm probably going to paraphrase this and fuck it up a bit as usual. But you. Did you just put your head back then? It was another bogey up yeah, the other, you, other Oh, well, stop looking up there. Show, show us. Oh, my God. That is vile, isn't it? No, fuck What's off. he doing? How come you producing I'd so many bogeys? I love to see what's at your ass. No. <laughs> Of course you, <laughs> of course you, you last Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you got what? A used condom. Yeah. Go on. So uh, I was going to say. So we are, as people, we are the blue sky that that never goes away. That blue sky remains constant. Every now and then, the clouds will come in, they close in, and make us feel down and grey. And those clouds will go away again. And that we're going to be like that for you. Yeah. yeah where was this geezer rum then? Who said this? <laughs> I'll tell you what, he come out around my way and he got chinned on, <laughs> on the second line. <laughs> but it's true, we're con- we're constant and every now and then the claw- crowds draw in. What about night time? Night time. Don't ruin it. <laughs> I'll tell you what happens at night time, mate, the stars come out. Shut up. Shut up, Miles. I'm going to get that made into a t-shirt. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? That that remains constant. When the clouds come in, they yeah. they make you feel awful. They always pass. You yeah. know, the bad weather always passes. Isn't Tell it, that so. to the geezer who stood on the roof of the train at Canning Town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see me, see me, he believes it. But there we go. That's, no, that's, that is good. That's, that's a, a nice thing to leave on. That the fact that as a depressive, you can leave a bloody good life. You really can. I'd like to leave on something better than that, go if you possible. No, no. Is it on. a recipe for a quiche? <laughs> I'm ready to break my fast. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's why I'm getting happy. Because <laughs> you know, you know the oh, calories are on, on, knocking on the door. I yeah? know they are on their way, but no, no carbs. But I can just have that. I know I'm going to get a little lift. I'm still using, you using coffee. Everyone's still using oh, yeah, coffee. Yeah. Coffee. Mm. See, that's the new thing. I think it's definitely something in the coffee. Yeah. It's definitely something they reckon slipping in there because we're addicted. We're we are. Going, we're the, addicted to that coffee lift. We are. So in the, in, there was an article in the paper saying for the first time, I think, in 100 years, tea sales have plummeted, like yeah. PG Tips, Typho, Tetley, whatever you want to call tea. it. Tea. But all the brands have all said they're really struggling, yeah. whereas they were the number one drink in the UK and have now fallen way behind. So most drink people drink coffee or herbal teas. That's and where it's it is not, now. And it's not a... Um, it's not. It's not just caffeine either. Herbal you cheese. Something- Herbal cheese. <laughs> Wrap it up, Sam. Any other business? <laughs> um, any other business? Um, do we mention what we might want to do in the new year? Or are we going to leave that? Yeah, I'll tell you what. We've got a couple of surprises coming early in the new year, um, and a big surprise. Something we've just recently decided to do, and we're going to get through it. But I, I, I think we should keep it. I, I, 
under our wrap. Yeah, let's, let's keep it under our wrap. But you we'll know, let you know near the st- time. St- about stay, you. stay, stay listening, and, and we're. Um, I'd give him a little. I'm going to give him a little clue. We we may be coming near you soon, wherever you are. Yeah, as a little clue. That's really creepy. That's sinister. Is that weird? That's really yeah. sinister. That's not the right well, thing. Well, I standing at the end of their bed. It didn't work, it didn't work, did it? Standing in their bed in a pair of pants. <laughs> All right. Feel depressed. I thought you are right out. <laughs> Say hello to my Uncle Ricky. <laughs> Go on, yeah, all right, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, oh, that's, that's staying in. All right, We're going to be coming, <laughs> coming to you soon. <laughs> No, no. To near. a town near you, perhaps. Oh, okay. um, should okay. we say that? Yeah, yeah. that's all right. That's uh, yeah, if you've got any questions for us um, or for Monty Don, yeah, um, indeed, get at yeah. get at us on Twitter. And um, can we, when you say question for Monty Don, not like what what time of year should I get my runner beans in? Just listen, yeah, yeah no, more health. more more about mental health than, yeah. than gardening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we're on Twitter. Just search if you happen, you know it. Um, we're on SoundCloud, uh, if you happen you know it. We're on Facebook, if you happen you know it. Mm-hmm. And We're everywhere, aren't we? Uh, yeah, the website as well, yeah. which is www.happyandyouknow.co.uk. We've, yeah. we've got a message, uh, one of those message boards in your local news agents are on there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah? No, yeah. Oh, nice. Nice work. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you it was good, didn't I? <laughs> good. See you later. See Bye. you later. Thanks very much. Bye. See you later. <laughs>